Welcome to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. So I was shown a video this morning and it was talking about their favorite foods and what they were bringing for Thanksgiving. But they did it in a gospel manner, so it turned into a whole song. I'm not going to try and do that for you. My whiteness would really show up even more than it normally does. So, but what I would like to hear from you, this is your chance to be heard this morning. And I need your participation. All y'all loudmouths out there, help me out. I want you to yell at me your favorite Thanksgiving food. Are you ready? Set. Thank you, Sarah. I so appreciate you. Three. Let me hear. What was Amy? I heard your voice. Sweet potatoes. Yes. Stuffing. Why do we only make stuffing once a year? It's so good, right? What kind of sauce? Cranberry sauce. Yes, sis. All right. Well, just now that we're all hungry, I just wanted to get your attention, make sure everybody's awake. We do have a couple more days until we get to consume all these foods. But isn't it amazing how our whole country sets a day aside to express gratitude? One day a year. Now, as somebody who believes in Jesus, and I am walking in this way with him, I find myself having to reattach myself to gratitude on a regular basis because I forget to be thankful. I start looking at problems going on around me and all of a sudden I forget, oh, he's the good shepherd. He's taking care of me. But I'll forget because I'll say, hey, that sheep over there got more grass than I got, right? There's always a competition. That sheep over there, they're driving a newer car, right? The water that that sheep is drinking, that's a more pretty blue than the kind of water I have to drink right now. I just wanted to set your hearts and minds in the place of recognizing God really is the good shepherd. He provides for us things we don't even know we need yet. How many newborn babies do you think realize they need their diaper changed? But yet, do they need it done? Yes. And there's huge consequences if that's not taken care of. Do you know God has prepared things in advance for you that you have no idea that he's already set them up for you? He has set people in your path for you to talk to, to set you up for success, to know that you're not walking this alone, that you don't know you need it right now. I'm so grateful to have a church, a group of people 
that's all churches. It's just a group of people trying to get together to come and find a way to follow God. But this group of people that has showed up for me when I didn't even know how much I needed them. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being here. Those that are online, I'm so grateful you're showing up. I believe that there is a message for us to receive today that God is going to set us up for our future coming soon. I would like to do this with you. We've been doing this throughout the series. We are finishing up the 23rd Psalm, a journey. This is a journey means that you don't stand in one place. It means what? We're going somewhere. But would you stand with me? We're going to read the 23rd Psalm together. It will be up here on the screen. And I will just make sure that I'm reading the exact same thing you are reading. Um, The 23rd Psalm. You're going to read with me, right? Out loud? Yeah. Okay, good. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Please remain standing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you know me, that you are looking out for me, and likewise, every single person here. I thank you that this moment has been set aside that we are able to focus on you. Holy Spirit, just carry the words today into the pieces and places of our hearts where we need it today. I am grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Throughout this series... It's been said it over and over, and I just said it again, that this is a journey. This is David is the one who wrote this, the psalmist David, who was later then again King David, was a journey in the way he saw the way God took care of his sheep or us as we're, we get the animal part in the play of this story, right? So I would like to offer this. Not only is it ta- a journey of physical life, that we are moving from this place into that place and trusting God for provision and trusting God for things. But I would also like to offer that the place that this is a spiritual journey of what God is taking us through. And not just for the end result of now I'm in heaven and I'm now forever in the presence of God. I would like to offer that life's journey is not a destination. It's about abiding and living with God. It's not a destination to say, hey, I've arrived. I've been here long enough. I'm now, you know, Queen Melinda. Everybody listen to me. No, this is about a continual abiding. That is the goal of this journey, being in God's presence always. 
Now, the whole thing about having a shepherd is that we are inferring or we are giving trust to the shepherd. Here's the thing with cynicism. When you stop believing that there is any good for you, you also stop trusting. Now, I've said this multiple times. You've probably heard me say it before. Anybody who's around me for any amount of time, I say this a lot, that what you look for is what you're going to get. If you are looking for an angry God that is looking to punish you at every turn, that's all you're going to see of God. Because why? That's all that your eyes are allowing you to see. But as soon as you can put your trust that there is a God who is a good shepherd, who wants only the best for me, then all of a sudden there's a brand new opportunity to see all the goodness that God is bringing towards us. I would ask you this morning, if you find yourself on that scale of full trust to I don't even know if I, what I want to believe in anything or anybody ever again because I've been hurt and don't want to trust and you live in that. But wherever you are on that spectrum, this morning I would ask for you to suspend, put on pause if you're a gamer, pause and just hang it up for a minute and lean into trust. Ask your question, what if this is real? What if? You can pick up your cynicism when you're walking back out if you really want to. But I'm asking again, pause, hang it up, wait a minute so that you can absorb that there is a God who loves you and has so much for you. Now, the first thing, I'm finishing up. I am, I am the, uh, what do they call it in baseball when you're the, the third one up and you're going to knock everybody home? I am the finisher upper batter here. That's the wrong words. <laughs> but that's what's coming to my head right now. So, um, pinch it. No, I can't think. Okay, anyway. So I am, I'm focusing on verses five and six. Um, Scott started us off. Uh, Pastor Nathan hit last week about going through the valleys of the shadow of death. So good. Um, but I'm going to pick it up. But one thing I did want to point out is, as we're going through this, in verse four, there's a shift. In the first three verses, it is talking about a secondary, like talking about the good shepherd in a secondhand way. It's not a personal I. It's like the, the Lord is a good shepherd. He leads us. He does this and he does that. But in verse four is where he changes it to a personal and intimate, even though I walk through the valley of shadow death, he, now it's personal. I would encourage you that if you have found yourself with God in not a personal manner, but just he's the man upstairs, the big guy up there, you know, the one that holds the world together, think about this. He knows you personally. He wants that intimate relationship with you. So as we finish up these two verses, this is very personal the way David wrote this. And I pulled it up on the Amplified version. So we're going to start at verse 5 in Amplified and here David is writing to the good shepherd, to God himself. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, there's a couple of things here that uh, showed up for me. The first thing that showed up is that he says he prepares a table for me. Now, 
any of you moms in the room, you know if you have more than one kid, each kid likes things differently, right? Uh, my grandkids, they love their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't know, I do too, I think they're awesome. But they each have a very specific way the sandwich has to be cut. And if you mix them up, oh no. One only wants rectangles, and if you give him triangles, he is unedible, he will not eat the sandwich. And the same way for the little one, she will not eat rectangles, it needs to be triangles, grandma. But God knows exactly who you are. He knows the desires of your heart. He probably, well not even probably, let's take that word out. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the intent of your heart before it even registers in your own mind. And he says, I prepare a table for you, what you need, what you like, right? And it goes on, it says, before my enemies. And then when I read this, I'm, I'm a very visual person. My uh, education was in art, so I see things very visually. I just picture like eating at this table with a little candle and just seeing the eyeballs all around watching. You know like they do in the movies, right? Every scary cartoon, you have the glowy yellow eyes looking at you through the dark. I envision it that way. But here's the thing, is that Psalmist says that you prepare this table right in the midst of my enemies. And he has enough trust in the shepherd that he's able to eat it. Because I don't know, have you ever been so scared that you were unable to eat? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> this year, I went camping. Now, as a kid, we did camping all the time for like weeks at a time. But I've not done it in a long time. And so we went camping, and I had my own little pop tent. And let me tell you, that material is like windbreaker material. It's so thin. So it's really easy to set up. You just got these little clicky thingies, and you put them together, and the tent pops up. But it's not even tall enough. I could barely sit up straight in it without hitting the top of it. So it's just a little tiny thing. So during the night, everything's quiet on the campground. I'm sleeping, sound asleep until I hear something sniffing at the top of my head. Right? Okay. We're up in the Sierra Mountains where there's bears. So the whole time I'm sitting in this tent hearing the sniffing and I'm like, okay, it's a bunny, right? Just think small animals. It's a bunny, <laughs> it's a squirrel, it's something small. It smells my hair shampoo or something, and it's just, it's, yeah. Well, I was fine. I finally went back to sleep. I didn't hear any steps, footprints, or anything. I guess you don't hear footprints. Footsteps. I'm sleeping. I finally relax, and all of a sudden, something brushes against my tent. Okay, that feeling right there? He says, in the midst of my enemies, you prepare a table for me. Now, I was not ready to eat at that moment. I was sitting straight up in my tent, and I stayed there for like a half hour without breathing. <laughs> Obviously, I breathed, but I felt like I couldn't breathe. But God says, I prepare a table for you, even while all the enemies. Now, Nathan talks last week, and, and he talked about those thoughts that we actually create in our mind that is the opportunity for the shadow. It's the dark side that tries to get in us. 
Well, this is talking about the outside things that try to come. And he says, even in that, now we don't talk about as Christians, we, our battle isn't against flesh and blood as, as it's written in the New Testament. It's not like I'm going to go to war with somebody and go punch somebody. But there are thoughts, there are attitudes, there are spiritual realm that is trying to consume and take over the parts of my life that I want to live for God. That peace that God has promised you, there is an attack against that peace every single day of your life. You know how I know? Because I know I battle it. I'm at the red light waiting to go in the car in front of me. It's green and they think it's time to look at their phone. I'm fighting not to lose my peace right then. Why? Because it's God-given and the enemy would love to take that away from you. So it says, in the midst of my enemies, you prepare a table for me, a meal prepared specifically for each of us. And then it goes on and it says, and you have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. Now, I did a lot of research. I probably did more research than I should have because now I have a lot of useless information inside my head. But one of the things I talked about oil, and it's still a very common thing that in very humid and hot areas, they use oil to put on their bodies like uh, athletes, people who are, are running or having to work hard, because that actually refreshes the body. So likewise, I also read that the sheep would use the shepherd on the sheep. The sheep didn't apply their own oil. Aha, uh -huh. you, you thought I was going to go there, right? No, the shepherd applies the oil on the sheep, and it would protect them from the flies, the pestilence, the things that would try to come against them. So there's a very physical aspect of this. But here, let's look at the spiritual. It also says that David, when he was still a shepherd, was anointed by the prophet to be king over Israel. What the world does that mean? An anointing is a special one. It's an outward showing that you've been called to something. But two, it's a spiritual thing that happens. This is what I believe, that God anoints each one of us who come to him for the thing that he has called us to do. The thing you were created to do, you have an anointing to complete that. And it says, you anoint my head. Your spirit comes upon us, enables us and empowers us and refreshes us to carry the burden for what you were created to do. Not everybody was called to be a pastor. But Marla is anointed to be a pastor. Not everybody is anointed to run a sound system, but there are people anointed and ability just comes that other people just don't have. They can't hear the things that others can hear. I wish I was anointed to play drums. Don't that be cool to play drums? Alex does an amazing job. He has been anointed, called, and set up for that. Anointing. You were anointed for exactly where you at, where you are at. Whew, my gangster's coming out right there. Okay. And then it goes on and it talked about, well, let me just catch this one thing. It says that the, the priests were anointed when they came into their position and they were going to be a priest. Aaron was anointed so much. They poured so much oil on this guy. It says that it ran down his head, down his beard, onto his garments, and then onto the floor, onto the actual place he was standing. There is a fragrance 
that was within that oil. Can you imagine? You could probably smell him coming from a long ways away. Oh, that's the holy man. Oh, that's the guy that carries the word of God. I can, I can smell him coming. I want to ask you about your thoughts. We use phrases in our terminology a lot of times, like, oh, she's so sweet. Or we might say, oh, this situation really stinks. Right? Why? Because it's one of those senses that goes ahead of us, that remains within our memory. The presence of God comes in your life. There is a fragrance of God's anointing. The more you stay with God and close to him, the more you're going to smell him, like him. Um, my grandpa, he wore Old Spice. To this day, when I smell Old Spice, immediately my mind is connected back to my childhood with my grandfather. He was the coolest because he brought lifesavers to church. And when I got bored, I would like scoot on over to him and like he would just hand them to me. It was like, I would just bug him a little bit. Here comes another lifesaver, right? All of that attached to a smell. When people get around you, what do they smell? What is the fragrance? That anointing that God has poured upon you? Or I know for myself, sometimes it's that stinking thinking that takes over my thinking. Yeah, you've heard that phrase before. And then it goes on and says, my cup overflows. This one spoke to me. How many times do I let the message of scarcity, not enough, take over that I can't even see that God is pouring into my ability to hold his presence until it overflows? How many times do I let those thoughts of how am I going to make it through this time or what is my future going to look like without not even looking that at this table prepared just for me with the stuff that I need and that I like, that God is pouring into that cup so much, not that it fills the top, but it's overflowing. This is before my enemies. If I give opportunity for the enemies to come and eat dinner with me, and I'm entertaining those thoughts of negativity and scarcity, all of a sudden, my ability to hold what God is pouring starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller until I don't even see any longer that God is pouring into me. What are the limits that I have set that hold me back from what God has called me to do? We're going to go to verse 6. It says, Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. This word, goodness and mercy, I looked it up. Your loving kindness, your goodness, your mercy. And I actually, I'm like, what does this word actually mean? Because sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes I hear things so many times that it loses meaning. Like somebody says, oh, I love that. And then they say, oh, and I really do. I love you too. Like, okay, I love avocado toast and I love you. And we lose that meaning, right? God's goodness. Here's the thing about God's goodness. It's not what he does. It's who he is. 
See, he doesn't do good things to prove to us that he's good. He is good, therefore goodness comes out of him. Very different than how I operate sometimes. But his goodness, and then his mercy. You ever wonder what mercy means? Mercy means that you're due a judgment and it's withheld from you. You deserve punishment. You deserve the consequence of what you did. But God actually steps in and says, no, you're not going to have to carry that. That's mercy. Now that word it says, and I will follow me. I actually looked that one up too. Do you know what it means? This, is, this was super cool to me. It doesn't mean just like follow like a puppy followed you home from school. It actually means pursue like a hunter pursues its prey. So get this. Here's a good shepherd who is good and is offering goodness and mercy. And he's pursuing me to give it to me. I don't know about you. That sounds pretty awesome to me. It's not just like this, this fragile, like, oh, yeah, goodness and mercy. It's there all the time. No, God's pursuing me with his goodness. He wants to give me goodness more than I even willing to take it sometimes. He wants to pursue me with his mercy. I'm casting judgment on myself. I deserve this. I'm not good enough. And he goes, I have already covered that. You don't have to carry that judgment. My goodness is pursuing you, is coming after you all the days of your life. I will be in the presence of God. Do you remember how I started off by talking about how life's journey is not a destination, but it's an abiding? Now, that's a word we don't use often, but abiding means to live in. It's not just like I'm visiting, like a living there. I want to abide in God's presence all the days of my life. It'd be kind of silly to come to this. We call ourselves a group, a church. Some people call this a church building. It's obviously not. We're meeting in a theater. But there are other places. Now, some people have taken this literally and they want to live at a church. But I don't think that's what this is talking about because it says, I want to be in your presence forever. This is something more. This is something more. This is a place of living in his presence. Jesus says, behold, I come. And the kingdom of God is where? At a building? At a temple? He says, it's right here at hand. It's available right now. The psalmist recognized this. And he says, I want to be in your presence forever. In Romans, Paul wrote about this, Romans 8. It says, for I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt. How many of you are convinced? Most of you probably because you're here. How many of you are still being convinced? I need to be reminded on the daily, right? Still being convinced so that it's without doubt that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It will chase me down. God says his goodness will chase you down. His mercy is pursuing you. 
that part where it says, and I will dwell forever in his presence. I'm back here at now uh, Psalm, and then verse 26, it says, and I will dwell forever throughout all my days. I would like for one more time to change one of those words in the understanding of what it means. That word dwell forever, actually, the correct translation is actually means to sit at the table with. There's a portion of scripture it says that, that uh, in his presence, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. It's not enough just to be in the house with God, but to sit down face to face is an entirely different thing. In my house right now, current, my house, very full of people. Well, not this moment because we're here, but when we're all home, it's a very full house. But just because my granddaughter is downstairs in the kitchen, if I am upstairs in, the, in my bedroom, we are technically in the house together. But are we face to face? Some of us, we ask God to be a part of our lives. We believe that he is real. Maybe we have even said the words that, that I belong to God's family. But are you sitting face to face with him? The psalmist has gone through this whole journey, starting off as a sheep. Somebody's taking care of me. He's a good shepherd. He feeds me. He gets me water. He gives me great places to lay down to sleep. He even protects me when I'm in the valley. Then he prepares a table for me. And I am now face to face with God. His goodness his mercy for me is pursuing me so much. I want to be in his presence for the rest of my life, face to face, forever and ever. Amen means so be it. In Star Trek, in the famous words of Captain Picard, make it so, number one. It's amen, right? So this morning... I wanted to take a moment for us to sit in God's presence. I want to do a meditative and reflective prayer with all of us this morning. And again, wherever you are on that spectrum of full and complete trust all the way to cynicism and disbelief, if we could at this moment suspend those things and just ask God to speak to our hearts face to face. So this is just going to be a very simple, I'm going to go through the 23rd Psalm. And I would, going to pose questions for you to ask of God or to sit with and think about. It won't take a huge long time. I promise you won't be late for lunch, but this is really important Pastor Nathan talked about that this day we are asking Holy Spirit to up each of our lives in a way closer to him. And I believe this is a moment that we can actually, this journey we have intellectually understand to move into our hearts and our souls, that we can actually make room for God to move in those areas. This morning, um, during worship, of course, I'm going through this message in my head over and over. 
And there was a question that came up and, and I would like to pose this to you. That as we talk about being in God's presence face to face, I, I felt within my spirit, and I'm really trying to find, forgive me, I'm trying to find the words for this because I don't, I don't want to blow it because I really felt like this was dropped in my spirit by God. But there's somebody here today that needs to hear this. You've invited God into your life. We're using the analogy of a house. You've invited him into your house. But there are some areas within your home that you have closed the doors and you don't want him to go in there. For whatever reason, it's not clean enough. It's not ready to be seen. These are sensitive areas. I don't want people walking in there, touching these things. And God, Holy Spirit himself, is saying, it's time to open those doors. Maybe somewhere in your life you've had some trauma. Truth, we've all had trauma. God wants to go into those wounded areas, the ones we don't want people to know are still there, and he wants to bring his presence in there too. In his presence is fullness of joy. You could be happy in those areas again. Confidence can be restored in those areas. So as we go through this prayer, I'm going to ask you to seriously contemplate. Meditate just means to focus, focused thought on that moment. And we're not going to spend a whole long time here. We will get all the way through, but take a moment. Close your eyes. Get comfortable in your chair so that you're able to receive. And nobody's looking around. This is private between you and the good shepherd who loves you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Where are there places in your life where you stopped seeing God's provision? He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. Could there be areas that you have been striving and he is asking you to just rest? He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Could there be places where you have stepped off his path? Have you taken glory for yourself when it was his direction? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, have your thoughts so consumed you that it has become dark? And have you embraced the darkness?
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Where is Jesus right now? Where is he calling you to? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How can you rest in the authority and the strength of who God is right now? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Have you invited your enemies to this table? Who are you eating with? You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. God's presence wants to fill you to overflowing. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all days of my life. Can you trust that God has goodness set up for you? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Have you or can you make a decision to be in God's presence now and forever? My God, Father, Thank you for being the good shepherd to me. I pray this morning, Father, that you would walk into these people's lives. Let them know that your presence fills them with your love. You desire them so much, you pursued them to give to them, God. I thank you, Lord, that the enemy of our souls cannot overtake us and when we are in your presence. Face to face, God. Lord, I pray. I want to be so close. I can sense your heartbeat for myself, for those around me, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you. I trust you. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.